Hey everybody, this is Nate Smoyer, and you're listening to the Tech Nest Podcast. This is the show where we sit down with the leaders in real estate and technology to find out what they're doing to transform the way we buy, sell, and invest in real estate. If you've got an interest in real estate and technology, stick around. You're in the right place. All right, welcome into today's show. We're talking about first-time home buyers, some of the challenges they face. And interestingly enough, why lenders don't want to talk to them. So uh, we have got Dan Green, founder, CEO of a company called Homebuyer. He's been in the mortgage space for years. Uh, He's been blogging for years, creating content for years, really understands the buying cycle for first-time homebuyers. And, you know, the opportunity isn't small. Uh, According to Dan, there's about two and a half million real estate transactions annually that are first-time homebuyers. These can be small deals, but they can be big deals. They're not always, you know, little ones. It's not that they're worth less. They just take longer to close, sometimes more than six months. And so uh, for lenders who are really just about transactions, you got to get the transactions. That can be an expensive lead to cultivate. Well, that's what Dan's company is looking to change. They're looking to actually make that cultivation, that relationship meaningful with the first-time home buyer and capitalize on that opportunity rather than just giving it up to some of the bigger incumbents that have major marketing dollars to stay front of mind, you know, on, on TV and radio ads. Uh, we talk about content marketing. We talk about the whole cycle. We talk about some of the challenges. And, and you know, I even asked Dan, say, hey, why would you go after the hardest to convert audience? And he's got a great answer that pushed back on that uh, question. And I appreciate that pushback there. So anyway, uh, listening to this one, uh, probably a lot to take away from, especially if you're thinking about how you can leverage content marketing in your business. Listen in. Well, hey, Dan, welcome to the show. Hello. <laughs> great to have you here. I'd love the art all in the, the, the background there. We, we got a chance <laughs> to talk about that. <laughs> uh, this is radio. <laughs> yeah, this uh, is a reason I do audio as I was told once when I was younger, I had a face for radio. So, uh, well, let's jump right into it here. Um, excited to, to talk with you today. I don't get to talk about the lending side of the real estate business very often. So excited to do this um, to get started correctly. Please go ahead, introduce yourself, let her know who you are and what you do. Dan Green, I uh, CEO, founder of Homebuyer. We are a mortgage lender for first-time homebuyers. Boom, love it. Concise, right to the point. You know exactly who your customer is. Okay, before we get into Homebuyer, I want to start with your background and what has led here because uh, you've, been in the, you've been in the mortgage business for a little while now. So I want to frame it all around your experience. Walk me through what leads you to start Homebuyer. This is the third iteration of the same idea um, in two other companies I've founded and have been acquired. Um, Homebuyer is a third iteration on the same idea, and it's about giving proper time, attention, and education to homebuyers and helping them to understand their process. Mm-hmm. And so what's been great is that through each iteration, um, and the last one um, was called the Mortgage Reports, um, did a, you know, still ranks very high, and still helping millions of people every year, which is amazing. What's different with each iteration though is that technology is changing. And so a lot of the ideas and things we wanted to implement the last company um, wasn't really possible. Uh, For example, um, machine learning was uh, difficult to get access to. Mm -hmm. Um, Working with large data sets, there weren't a lot of experts in that area. Um, And it was very expensive, um, Mm -hmm. say five, 10 years ago. But today it's really accessible 
And there's many people that can help build that product. And so what we're doing now is we're applying the same concept of how do we give home buyers a better experience through education? And we're applying machine learning to that now. And that's how we got to where we are. All right. And then, so uh, you started Home Buyer early 2019, right? Yes. Okay. And uh, since then, uh, you've had, uh, you, you've gone through Techstars to help get up and running, right? Yeah. We, we had been running with the product in a, um, in a beta. Mm-hmm. And um, around that time, uh, thought that a really good next step for us would be to, um, to <laughs> how would we accelerate this business? How do we surround ourselves <laughs> with the right network? Um, yeah. What can we do um, to make it um, more efficient to get to the next step? And so uh, we applied into the Techstars program uh, down in Austin, which is an incredible, incredible Techstars office. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were accepted in. Um, that program ended at the beginning of March, 2020. Yeah. Okay. So that was just not, not that very long ago. And so, I mean, it set you up and now we're here, we are moving forward. And so uh, let's, let's jump into the, the specifics of home buyer. Okay. So who uses home buyer and why? Home buyer is an education tool for first time home buyers. I mean, in the end, right. We are a mortgage lender. Our goal is to do your mortgage loan. Right. Um, but along the way, we're just giving information, um, yeah. not, you know, one time, Hey, stop by and we'll tell you how much house you can afford. Um, we're, you know, what I, the way that I think about this is that a really good loan officer knows all of their customers and knows what message they need to hear at what time, what voice it needs to be delivered in, mm-hmm. um, in order to help that home buyer move forward mentally, not, not just along their journey to home ownership, but you know, we all have these voices, that tell us that we shouldn't be buying right now, right? You need a bigger down payment. You, you know, this is not a good idea. You're committing too much money. And, and these are all these logical ideas that sit and chirp in our ear, but our heart is telling us, you know what, like I'm ready to, to own a home and I want to do this. And, and it mm-hmm. creates a conflict. Mm-hmm. Where I position our, our company is like, hey, we understand that journey, right? I'm a former loan officer. I'm not a, I'm not a, a person who bought a house and had a bad experience. I'm, I'm right. an actual human who has sat across the table from thousands of home buyers and watch people literally cry when they find out that they can buy a house. I mean, there, there is, this is such a big deal to people. Yeah. So, you know, who do we help? We help, we help the people that are trying to reach this goal who, who want to own a home, don't always know what to do next. And maybe you're finding that, you know, it's hard to get answers or hard to get people to even pick up the phone, you know, to talk to them about it. Yeah, totally. And, and that is a big deal. Uh, you know, as a former realtor, I like to tell people I'm a recovering realtor. <laughs> uh, you're totally right. It's a very emotional process. Logic doesn't always take over. You know, it's a very, there's a lot going on there. Uh, and the feelings, all that, that builds up, right? So many feelings. It's just, it's so conflicting. What if I, what if I fail? It's like, well, all these other people did it. Can't you do it? So, but I want to know why first time? Why go after the first timer? Because, I mean, you talk to everyone else. I mean, if they know the process, it's probably less difficult to convince them that it's a good idea. It's probably easier to talk to them about the options and work through the process. With first timer, I mean, they don't know what points are. They don't know what origination fees mean. Maybe they, they don't see why locking in a rate, you know, what that changes. They don't know to shop for title company. I mean, there's just so much the more you have to do. So why go after what could possibly be the hardest segment to win? Um, 
I'm going to reframe that and say that first-time buyers aren't the hardest segment to win. And I'm going to turn this and in, in probably answer the question a couple of different ways. And this may actually be a, a great thread for us to follow for a while. <laughs> um, first-time buyers are not harder. What's different about first-time home buyers is that they don't buy immediately. And so if you are a real estate agent or you are a mortgage lender, you're transaction-based. It, it, it wasn't always like that. It mm -hmm. used to be that the realtor was the relationship. When you were going to buy a house, the first thing you did, you called up a realtor. A yep. realtor would ask you a couple of questions and it might be, you know, about how much do you want to, about how much house do you want to buy? It might be, mm -hmm. um, tell me a little bit about what's important to you. And they'll ask some questions. They would also talk a little bit about mortgage, right? Yep. And how much you have for down payment. And that was happening six months, nine months, a year before people would buy. Mm -hmm. In between 2007 and 2012, the rise of online real estate websites um, move the real estate agent out of that role. And a lot of us will have, will have apps installed on our phone to browse houses. And we'll do that for months on end before we ever call a real estate agent, because it's really the last thing that many, many home buyers want to do their first time, their first time, right? They want to play the field as long as they can. They're non-committal. And so real estate oh, yeah. who used to be that relationship have now been relegated to the bottom of the sales funnel. They're the last thing. They're the face that gets clicked next to the listing at 11 o'clock at night on a Friday because mm -hmm. you want to go see that house on Saturday morning because you're off from work or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Really, so the mortgage people, mortgage lenders, you know, when I, I started in the business in 2003 and on my first day of work, my boss sits me down and some other new hires and we're all in a room and he says that my customer is the real estate agent. He goes, I don't care what anybody tells you. Your customer is the real estate agent. He goes, we're going to teach you how to go into a real estate agent's office. We'll bring in donuts. You'll bring in rate sheets and you make them like you because that's your career. And that, and if you think about it, it, it used to be that way. Uh -huh. a, if the real estate agent was the first point of contact and the real estate agent takes the home buyer through the entire process, at the very end, you go under contract, the real estate agent slides three cards across the table and says, here's three people to call, see who's got the best rate, but really call this one. That's my in-house lender. And I think that this lender's the best. That, that, that's really how it happened. And as a mortgage lender, we were taught, you've got to be that one card. Yep. Okay. So it was transaction. Your phone rings, it's money on the line. That's how lenders would work. The phone rings, it's somebody calling to say that they need a rate because they're under contract. Mortgage is a transaction. And then the business shifted, right? Real estate agents, again, they're, they're back at the end of the funnel. And what does a home buyer do when they want to look at houses? They go online, they go to these websites, but what do they do when they have finance questions? Hmm. They go to Google and they start asking, how do I buy a house? What kind of down payment do I need? What, what's the advantage of living in a condo? These really early stage questions. And what do they see when they go to Google? They land on um, all the lead aggregators, and it's, you know, the, the big lead aggregators, they're trying to get you to their site so that you'll give them 17 pieces of information so they can mm -hmm. jam you through a form and get mm -hmm. you to a lender. And then what happens? Nobody calls you. You go through all that stuff and nobody calls you. Why don't they call? Because you're probably not going to buy from them. If you are more than six months from buying a house, yep. your probability of closing with, a, with the first mortgage lender you talk to is one in a thousand. One in a thousand. I didn't realize it was that low. <laughs> That's crazy. 
you because because all you're looking for is information you're not you're not looking to make a commitment and what does that lender do they want it well let's get i i can't answer that question what's your social let's look at your credit let's hey, see i, I spoke it. with Tell me your income. i think you're right i mean i think i spoke with like yeah, i can't even remember how many it was but i ultimately I ultimately went with quicken and it wasn't because they were my choice it was actually i was i bought from you know directly from a seller and they're like, yeah, I've used Quicken before. They're great. I was like, oh, cool. So that's, that's what I'll use. The, you know, I don't, I don't always, um, I, don't, I don't talk about competitors, but I will say one thing that Quicken does really well is they spend over a billion dollars a year just so that when you get a mortgage, you just think to call them. Amazing brand. Totally. Right? Totally. Yeah. Like that's it. And they sit right there at the bottom of the funnel. So every mortgage lender is now competing with that particular lender for yep. the bottom of the funnel. Yeah. And it is an unfair fight. Quicken yep. got to be so big because they learned how to reduce their costs to a point where their cost structure is nothing like everybody else's. Yeah, totally. And so to, you know, to, to kind of bring this back, you're like, why first time home buyers? It's an amazing opportunity. Mm. First time home buyers not only appreciate help and somebody yep. spending time with them because the reality is they can't get that help right now. They raise their hand. They're sitting there saying, somebody please help me. Yep. I, I need to figure this out. And every mortgage yep. lender is like, give me your social security number. Tell me your date of birth. Where have you lived for the last seven years? And they're like, all I want to know is how much house I can afford. They're Why not ready for be, being qualified. Yeah. It's like, because that to a mortgage lender is a lead. To me, it's, it's just an inquiry and somebody who's trying to start a relationship. What, when you're talking with first-time homebuyers, do you ever ask them how many homes they've toured? Not yet, but that's a great question. Because um, a lot of times, know, if they haven't toured any homes, like... I'd be interested how many homes people on average tour before they're ready to even lock in a rate. I'd go farther and say, how many homes do they tour before they say they're a home buyer? Yeah. Many, they're not a home buyer until they call an agent or until they actually give a loan up until then they're just yeah. kind of taking things out in that space. Yep. There's, you know, there's two and a half million first time home buyers every single year, right? They represent 45% of the market. NAR will tell you it's between, you know, 30 and 35%, right? National Association of Realtors and their existing home sales report, you know, it always says the share of first time home buyers between 30 and 35% historically, great. There was another study that was done by the New York Federal Reserve and it shows that it's actually 45%. So somewhere between 30 and 45% closer to you right right just <laughs> somewhere in there but you know if you think about six million homes sold in a year right right and, and if you're looking at 45 percent or even 30 percent that is multiple millions of home buyers yeah that sit in a market and that generate fees just like anybody else like it is not a less valuable loan it's only less valuable to buy the lead yeah because mortgage lenders don't have the tool to um to acquire to nurture to develop and make meaningful contact the way that a human would. And so I come at this like a loan officer. I've been doing, like you said, I've been doing this for 17 years. I've, I, I, have, I have approved people. I've, had, I've heard pretty much every objection you could ever imagine. Not, not objections to me as a, as a salesperson, but objections as to why I don't think I should buy this house. The, the mental objections, the, the roadblocks and the obstacles, the negativity that we all have. In first-time home buyers, not like a second time, right? If you're first time, you often need to buy. If you're a repeat buyer, not always, hmm. right? And you need to do this thing. You, your family is growing. You are 
upsizing, you're downsizing, you're, you're moving to a new city for a job. Like you need to do this thing. And every part of your logic is telling you right. this is, you know, you need to do this and your heart's like, I'm terrified. Yep. That is a, that is a real function to be the, to be the piece that sits in between. There's like, you know what? Yes, you can. Here's how look at these other people who have also done it, who are like you. Now let's take the next step because yep. all it is, is like, just take the next step. Mm. And when it comes down to it, since you brought up Quicken, when they get to the bottom of the funnel, that's all we expect. Like I'm not beholden anybody to our business, but I would, I will hope that we have provided enough value that at least we get a shot at your business. Got it. So, so you're looking at it like, Hey, look, we're going to be that first touch because we've got the best education. They're looking for answers. So they're going to find us. And ideally you've over delivered on the value so that when they're ready to buy, they think to call you. Yeah, and and, and uh, so you may have noticed our name, our website is homebuyer.ai. Right. The AI component is based on, um, we get to understand particular buyer types and what, not predicting um, based on an individual, what, you know, whether or not they're going to move, right? That's not, to me, that's, that's a whole nother element of predictive analytics and things that are going on, but for us, sure. I can I can know that if a 28 year old first time home buyer who is in West Loop and is on you know is buying a, a condo at West Loop Chicago I'm sorry there's a there's a there's a national audience right that's right it's all good though <laughs> I knew what you meant by when you said West Loop I was like yeah look at me learning <laughs> Chicago <laughs> so somebody who's buying uh, in West Loop right just west of the which city which is a nice area by the way. That was, uh, it's wonderful. I used to live there uh, many years ago. Should have should have kept my place before before the neighborhood turned. <laughs> um, and so, you're you're a 28 year old first time home buyer. You're buying a condo in West Loop. You have um, W2 income. Your credit scores are you know above average. You're getting a cash gift down payment from your parents, and you have some amount of down payment you're going to make overall, et cetera. We have these bucketed traits, and yeah. we can look at that particular buyer against other buyers with similar traits. And we can understand not like, it's not about how to sell you, but it's like, what do you need to know next? Mm. All, you know, the, the, the prior 10,000 people like you who came through this system. Right. They, so if you, if you're sitting there with a family contribution to your down for your down payment, someone knows something about the benefits of that because they know that that's a one-time tax-free family gift. But however, if you don't have a family contribution down payment, then that's a easy, that's an opportunity to ask, uh, hey, there is this benefit to assist with your down payment where you can receive a, you know, your family member can make a tax-free contribution towards your down payment. Yeah. Do you have anyone willing or able to do that? So, and that's a great question to ask that unless someone brought it up, they may not know. It's pattern recognition for us, right? And we can yeah. see how, how prior cohort you know, people are part of that cohort have reacted and what they've done mm -hmm. and as a human if you're like as a loan officer you know like you can you can match patterns you can understand what that particular user is going to need next you, you understand where they are in their journey um, we're able to do that and then can also say um, two things can happen one I can be like hey Nate you know uh, of the last hundred people like you um, who have taken these recent steps of, you know, these articles, watch this video, did this quiz mm -hmm. of the last hundred, 84 of them ended up buying a house within 90 days. Now I know you might not feel like you're getting ready to buy a house right now, but um, let's get you on the phone. Let's take a formal application right now because 
you're getting close even if you don't feel like it. And so in that way, we're able to help people identify when they're getting close that removes the panic when they're like, oh my gosh, I gotta go buy a house, I gotta get pre-approved, I didn't do any of this stuff. We can help provide a better experience. We also can string up the, the um, sales funnel in time and where we can begin to identify behavior patterns six months, nine months, a year and a half out that suggest that a person is not only going to buy a house within some period of time, but that they're also well-suited to working in the style that we like to work. So are agents referring their buyers to you or are you going out and building the relationships directly? Our, our, for the most part, our home buyers don't have real estate representation yet. They're too early for that. And so um, it puts us in a position where we're able to, to make local referrals where, you know, where it's appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not our core model, but mm-hmm. it's there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the, I mean, the reason I ask is that it sounds like this would be a great thing for an agent to be able to plug someone into because, you know, uh, I, I personally experienced the frustration of working with buyers who just weren't ready. And it wasn't that, they, that their deal was going to be worth any less. It was just that the cost of working with that buyer was higher, both in time and potential gas. Yeah. <laughs> if they yeah. want to see everything, you know, that they saw online in person. So but I would be like, oh man, this would be like, I'd put this in my drip campaign ASAP. Like, where do you think you're at? If they said they're anywhere more than 30 days out, boom, I'd drop them into this. Let's, let's, let's just get you educated. Uh, I, I concur. However, <laughs> I'm not here. You know, um, I think um, agents have a, they still have their in-house lenders and um, it, you know, the in-house lender may object to uh, making referral out to a competitor. Well, right? tough luck for those in-house lenders because pretty sure agents aren't allowed to just send one recommendation. <laughs> uh, there's liability uh, attached to that. So I hope everyone out there is playing fairly and, and giving the recommended two to three as is per the rules. So uh, there you go. That's how I would feel about that. If I ever had a discussion with an in-house lender, <laughs> you can take a guess on how well that would go. Uh, <laughs> no, some rate sheets. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let, let's talk about the business side of this a little bit. So, I mean, I, I get where you're going, what you're, how you're helping people. Um, walk me through how, how you're making money. We are a mortgage lender. So our, our um, point of transaction, yep. um, that, is, that is our revenue. Okay. So there's not like a advertisements for other service providers or charging for the fees. You're basically like front load the value. And then when they're ready to transact for the, I don't want to say that for the most part, then at that point, you're a traditional business, but you make, make money as a traditional mortgage lender. So, I mean, if this is a, um, I can go a little bit deeper on this because I, to me, um, I, yeah, the mortgage business is, um, has become mostly commoditized. We can all say that um, we have different product or different uh, service levels. And, and that's true. But in the mm-hmm. end, um, the, you know, it's pretty much the same products helping the same people. There's always 90, you know, what's it? 4% of the market is non-government. Um, but everything else that's Fannie, Freddie, um, FHA, VA, mm-hmm. USDA, mm-hmm. um, that business is largely uniform and the rules are set by the government. Okay. So over the last few years, there's been hundreds of billions of dollars that have poured into the operational side of mortgage lending. So investing in mortgage lenders who have, you know, best of breed operations and software that powers mortgage operations and all of those products and platforms are designed 
to reduce the number of days to closing or to increase accuracy or efficiency of the mortgage loan process. And it's easy to understand why mortgage lenders' biggest risk is what happens from the day that they give a rate lock commitment and then the day that they actually deliver that loan. And, and the more number of days there are there, the larger the risk. That's why a 45-day rate lock costs more than a 30 and a 60-day costs right, more than right. a 45 and extended rate locks. Like that is yep. a very big risk to lenders. So all this money has poured in to back office and how do we do things faster? And what's the result? You have home buyers now who um, feel like they have to close in 14 days and 20 days. And, and like that's awesome for mortgage lending. It has saved so much money, so much money for mortgage lenders. It's also a terrible experience for your home buyer. Right. Yeah, if they're not ready for that, they never. It's they never stressful. Are. It was all fun and games, and then you went under contract. And like, by the way, here's all the things you need to do, like now, because we're closing in a week and a half for two weeks. Yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. Awful. And and that's given rise to companies that like, hey, pay cash, and then you can do your mortgage thirty days later or whatever. There's like a whole cottage that pops up around this idea that lending is happening too quickly. Again, not a problem per se but it's created a problem for home buyers. Mm. There is only a marginal difference anymore between your very, very best mortgage lender in operations and the middle of the pack. It's only marginal. And the typical home buyer is not going to notice the difference. The costs are, should be about the same. It's just how much property you want to take. The rates should be about the same, but it's all kind of cooked in and how much cost you got to recoup, et cetera, et cetera. Right, right. That's where nobody pays attention. Okay, for all of this Everything starts once you have the rate lock agreement, but where mortgage lenders stop is that they don't source their own leads. That when, when mortgage lender wants to go out and get business, literally to, to the very last one, they go to third parties. They're out buying leads from anyone in any place and any source that they can. Where's my next lead gonna come from? We've just spent all this money building a top-notch back office. Okay, where's the next business gonna come from? Hmm. And, and I know this because my last company, so, you know, provided that business, I, I used some of the leads that um, my company generated for my own practice and did a great clip of business and the extras were being, uh, were being sold and that's okay. Right. But I, what I, what I learned through that was that every mortgage lender from the very biggest to the very smallest is always dependent on where the next lead comes from. So what is home buyer? We are our own lead generator. We are the most advanced lead generation system because we don't think it's not leads. We are, we are nurturing and developing home buyers mm -hmm. for ourselves such that when we get to the, to the point where the, where the home buyers under contract, mm -hmm. like you say, it's just a lender. Everybody's just a lender. It's only the packaging. Like everything. Water is just water. It's just, is it in the Sani bottle or, or is it in, you know, in any Now, animal? hold on, uh, hold on. I like my pH balanced water, okay? Uh, it's it's called, some perceived benefit. I think it's called Essential and it's in a tall, skinny bottle, okay? <laughs> and it has a different flavor profile because it came from a volcano. There, there are some amazing mortgage lenders in Fiji. I get it. I think I'm a fan too. Um, there's some amazing mortgage lenders and some great practitioners and um, who really do go above and beyond for service. Right. But and and that, that, that right there, I mean, that often is the differentiator. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's why, you know, I even still, when people ask me who I recommend, well, I've got, I'll, I'll tell you, Hey, this is a good local bank. They do hope they do a lot, but I do have somebody. I'm like, this is my guy. And I'll tell you why he's never mm -hmm. dropped a deal. I've sent his way mm -hmm. period. He's always seen the deal through. And it doesn't mean that he has the cheapest rates. I never even say that. Never even bring up the rates because I know he's not cheapest. He, you know, like you said, how much profit you keep. Well, they, they keep more, but 
also goes over the top on the service. Keeping them in the loop, he follows up with them afterwards, make sure they know their things, like all that kind of stuff. And that education is a ton of value up front. And, but that's also hard to capture the attention and to deliver that. And so that, I mean, that kind of leads me to this, like, and I, I, and I'd love to hear what you're willing to share. I don't want you to give away your secret sauce, but how are you even keeping people's attention? The soul, the moment I search, the moment I go to Google and search, how to buy a house. This question. The search context ads in Google, the search in Google display ads are going to come up. There's going to be 10 ads on the front page of search. I'm going to get bombarded on YouTube. Now Facebook knows I'm in market, right? I know how all the contextual ads work based yeah. on I'm now in market to purchase them. I'm going to be watching Netflix and get commercials on Netflix because it's connected TV ads. So how are you breaking through all that noise to capture the attention? So that's amazing. And I love that you brought up Netflix because I'm going to use that as the starting point. Um, I've been writing content for years, making content for years. Um, if there is one thing that, you know, on my tombstone, here lies Dan, he made amazing mortgage content. Like that, <laughs> that will be, and please don't actually have that be on my tombstone. Um, but Oh, I ain't paying for it, so it won't be me writing that. <laughs> um, in being able to make amazing content, and the reason why most mortgage lenders have to outsource um, is because it's a particular skill and, and it's not something that a journalist can write, right? It, it's, um, it requires a practitioner and somebody who has EQ and, can, and has seen what the journey is like from the inside. And so we, you know, hundreds and hundreds of pieces of content, video and articles and, and other media in, that, that we've built into the site. And it's like Netflix, which has hundreds of programs. And the first time you go to Netflix, it's a blank slate, right? There's nothing there. And suddenly you start watching, um, you know, uh, you start watching British, uh, British comedies. And so you watch the old office and then it starts showing you faulty towers or it starts showing you from, you know, other, other shows from that genre. And the yeah, more yeah. you watch, the more it shows you the things that are interesting. Yeah. To you. Whereas if somebody else is sharing a profile in your house, and they're into 90s romantic comedies, like maybe they see, you know, she's all that, or maybe they see, you know, suddenly they start to see, you know, 10 things I hate about you. Right. Um, and, and, the, and the experience is different. And so imagine that for a website. Imagine that if every time that, just like you were talking to a human who knew where you were in your journey, how long till you're buying a house, who understood exactly what you need to know at exactly what point in time. Imagine if, if that information was being spoon fed to you at, at the right time in the right voice right. medium. Because every time you go to Google, Google has no context. Google has no memory. Google can't distinguish that home buyer in West Loop from uh, a veteran and its family buying their first house in Des Plaines, right? Mm -hmm. Also Illinois suburbs. <laughs> Like Google doesn't distinguish between those two and they both will ask the question, how do I buy a house? And they're both going to get the same result set and they're going to land on the same webpage that was written by a 25 year old J school grad who is really smart, but has never bought a house themselves and has no idea what's going on. Hmm. And what do we feel as homebuyers when that happens? We read it. We don't come out feeling any smarter or any better. And we hit the back button and we try again until eventually we land on a site that makes us fill in 17 pieces of information to connect with a loan officer. And what does that loan officer do? The loan officer says, I don't want to talk to you because you're not ready to buy right now. Yep. Okay. So what home buyer is 
this custom programming that adapts to you and understands you and learns from you and, and realizes what you need at the right time to help you take that next step. It's just over and over and over again. And it is a massive bank of content um, for so many different people who are trying to accomplish the same thing. Just, they they want to own a home. Mm-hmm. I love it. I, I love the, the heavy approach on the education. And uh, I mean, it's something that we do at Avail quite a bit. Um, it's proven very effective for us as well. Um, you know, it's wild. It's, it's that we, um, we can talk at like, same as you can go out and talk about education. And a lot of people will blow that off and say, education, whatever, like you can't make a product based on education. At the same time, you go to Google and you do research. Like somehow it's okay to go to Google and research. That's not education. But like, why would you as a company? Where do you think we pop up at? (laughs) I mean, we, 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 we shifted, you know, we shifted our communication strategy very quickly to start handling and answer questions to coronavirus, which is why, you know, you want to go Google, well, you could do it right now. You're on computer, Google coronavirus and landlords and see who pops up. Um, there's a reason because we, we put the work in, we created the right resources, we answered the right questions, and then we distributed it, uh, it better than, you know, dare I say our competitors, because we did. And, and others can argue that's fine, but we did it better than them. So, uh, and- I would take know, it a step further. It's not just that you did it better, but it had a purpose to move people ahead, right? Yeah. There's information you can share in, in, totally. a, in, a, in, a, in a, you know, crisis type environment. The propensity is to look at ourselves and say, right. our business is horrible and here's how things are gonna affect you. The reality is that people who are trying to use your product don't care about you. They wanna know no. how you're gonna solve their problem. <laughs> show them the way through, it's amazing to me. I, you know, we saw this and you saw it after .com, you saw it in 2008 and 2009, you're seeing right. it again now. Your home buyer doesn't care. Your home buyer is trying to, you know, for us anyway. Yeah, they, yeah, these yeah, are yeah. people that have a goal and yeah. they're like, damn it, um, the coronavirus is an obstacle. Yep. So how do I get, like, what do I need to know to get past it? Yeah. Show, show them how. And, and I, I, I mean, it's so much, so much is right here, but I mean, you kind of put, you touched on something that is basically like, it's like the premise to PR anymore, right? Nobody cares about your product. And it's, it's like terrible to say it that way, but nobody cares about your product. We have problems in our lives that we're looking for solutions to the, the problem. Very rarely are we looking for a product. If you're in the luxury category, great. If you're looking at, you know, in, in anything, luxury category product is everything. Outside of that, it's, it's just solving the problem. Because the problem is that is is the thing that is you know we're trying to find a solution to. It's not a perception or self actualization. Self actualization is independent and often mutually exclusive from problems. So, um, yeah. Anyway, we'll we'll, we'll go down that rabbit trail. <laughs> we we, um, we um, so at the end of TechStars, there's a big demo day, and um, you know as we talk about our problem and like the quick sentence, you you, you give your presentation and in my yeah 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 kind of cook this thing and um the the problem is that there's two and a half million first-time home buyers every year and mortgage lenders don't want to talk to them not until they're you know almost under contract hmm. and the reality is that home buyers take longer and longer to buy houses they're browsing houses on their phone um years before they ever make a purchase and this is a massive problem is they can't get the education that they need to mm-hmm. move forward yeah. um, they're not they're not getting help yeah I love that we sit in this space. It, it, you know, for all the things that that matter to me as a person, like this is right. You know, it's it, it's it's education, it's uh, 
it's like, you know, helping people achieve like an, you know, an actualization. Uh, I love numbers. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a huge math guy. And like, that's probably good as a, as a merchant guy. I mean, I hope you love numbers. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a handful in there, some percent I, stuff. And I remember a lot of things. Um, yeah. so early in my career, you've got um, amortization schedules measured. <laughs> I, I was at a, um, I was at this uh, event early in my career and a guy who I had helped with his mortgage for a few years earlier was there and he was introducing me to somebody. He says, Oh, this is Dan. You know, help me with my mortgage. And I rattled off the guy's social security number. Like I didn't mean to, like, it was like a fun party trick to me. And then I was like, and I was like, ah. and he goes, he, he kind of, he just stares at me and his eyes get real big. And I'm like, I probably shouldn't have done that. I'm like, I promise I don't remember anything else. He's like, that's weird. I'm like, I can't help it. I just remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm right there with you. I don't remember uh, social numbers, but I, I've got a few other memory tricks uh, that I've been using <laughs> over the years. Um, I want to uh, touch on just a little bit here and, and uh, the fundraising space. So, I mean, in, in startups and prop tech, you know, fundraising is obviously part of that. This is a really challenging uh, piece to any startup, really. You got to get enough money to build something big enough to where you can have a defensible business model. I mean, it's kind of the whole idea. Otherwise, you would just bootstrap and build a local business or something. So um, want to get your thoughts and maybe you can share some of your philosophy on like approaching fundraising. Um, you know, I know you've had some talks about fundraising and uh, but, you know, I would really love to hear more like how you're approaching it and what role you see it playing in the future of Homebuyer. Um, I'll start, you know, for other founders who are on the call. Um, probably the best piece of advice I got when I was starting. Um, <laughs> uh, you're going to need to talk to 150 people um, in order to get one investor. Um, it sounded crazy. It might be the first out of 150 or it might be the 150th, but <laughs> like that's what's going to happen because it's not just about having a great idea or you about, you know, about you being a great person, a great market. There's so many factors that go into the decision for, um, for a VC to make an investment. And yep. sometimes it's timing, right? And, and they may, they may absolutely love you and your business and its potential, but they may not have the ability or they may already have invested in a company that's similar to yours. And so, um, there's some great resources. Um, and I'm happy, you know, if you want to share my information, Nate, I'm happy to share, um, spreadsheets and, and, and lists, um, just to make outreach, and, you know, as best you can, and yeah. talk talk to a lot of people. One of the things that that's great about mortgage is that it is um, it is a profitable business, and so um, for us, you know, to raise capital is a help. It's not a necessity. You know, it allows us to get to where we want to be faster, but it, it's not you know it's not required. And so we we run a, a balancing act between um, how quickly do you want to grow, what's responsible to our existing shareholders, and um, you know, and how do we how do we be smart about what we have? I mean, you know, as CEO, you have you have three jobs. You you've got to sell the vision, you've got to hire great people, and you've got to not run out of money. And so, you know, just splitting between the three of those. Is- yeah. All right. That, those are pretty good jobs. <laughs> Well, we're going to transition here. I'm going to move into uh, some of my favorite segments of the show. Um, and these are uh, the same segments that we ask every guest. The first one here is called For the Future. Uh, For the Future is where I get to ask each guest who comes to the show to give their best predictions based on the following four questions. Dan, you ready to play? Yep. All right, let's do this. Question number one, what does home buyer look like one year from now? Uh, a lot like it does today. 
Is that not the kind of answer you're looking for? What does hey, it look man. like? It looks like it looks it's like your company. Letters, looks like nine letters, all capitals, and maybe more on our logo. Um, a year from today, we are um, um, we're a lot. We are a lot like today. We're in le- we're in learning mode. I think we're we're still three to five years away from um, achieving escape velocity. So a lot of what our next few years are is just iterating on the concept over and over again. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Question number two, what will prop tech as an industry look like a year from now? Um, it depends on how, on how big a bets um, that VCs want to make. I would love to see VCs make a lot of smaller bets on smaller companies because there's some amazing ideas bubbling up around the edges right now. And they don't always get a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. And so if money starts going towards the periphery, um, there, there's, um, I, I think you start to get to a point where um, uh, that will lift up the entire industry. But, you know, it, it really, I think the next, up until July, 2020, it's, um, it's kind of hard to see that far in the future. Prop tech. Fair enough. Uh, question number three, what's one industry trend you think will continue, but you wish would go away? There's a lot of consolidation um, with large real estate brokerages. And I think that uh, uh, maybe that's necessary in order to provide scale services at scale. Fine. Um, but I think that an individual who maintains ownership of their brokerage in real estate um, can put a more of a cultural stamp on what they're doing and mm-hmm. um, provide a different type of service and value. I think the individual practitioner, small business owner is something to celebrate. And there's plenty of business out there for all of them. Um, but, you know, you know, businesses with free cash will roll up smaller ones. That's just what they do. All right. Question number four, the final one of For the Future, what's one thing you believe will dramatically change or fade away in real estate as a result of tech advances? Uh, (laughs) Laggard real estate data will roll away. Real estate data from last month or two months ago or last quarter is completely irrelevant. Uh, What a home buyer needs is to know what's happening on the street level right now mm-hmm. and to have models to show what'll happen in the next week and maybe the next month. It helps us all make better decisions. And there are companies that are out there that do that. Um, and that, for home buyers to rely on historical data in order to make future, like it's great for economists and policymakers. You wanna know what's happened to home prices over the last year, but that's not relevant to a home buyer today. What you need to know is what's the current trend? Are listings up or down? You know, the number of listings, are they up or down? What is the, what's the, what's the, um, you know, the real-time uh, supply and demand for homes? How do you make a better negotiation decision? Mm-hmm. Um, those, that sort of information, um, I, I, that I think is, would be the best development for home buyers to have a, firm, a more firm grasp about what the market actually looks like right now. Because all we have is historical data, and that's, you know, in a shock in a market shock event, um, that historical data becomes uh, completely worthless. Totally. All right, we're going to move on to the last three here. Dan, these are questions more about you so our listeners get to know you better. Uh, question number one, what are you reading? <laughs> I'm reading, uh, I can show, oh, I realize I can't show you. Sell More Faster, uh, Amos Schwartz. Somewhere Faster. Sell More Faster, Amos oh, Schwartz. Sell More. Yes, Sell More Faster. Uh, Amos Schwartzfarb uh, is a uh, fantastic uh, book. It's, it's, I'm assuming it's a sales book. 
it is a sales book, but it is, I think for any uh, business owner, or any founder, no matter oh, what. Oh, it's a Techstars uh, Wiley published book. Okay. Yes, it is. All right. I'll, all um, I mean, if it's Wiley, I mean, it's got my trust. <laughs> it's a, a terrific way to um, think about your business and to kind of get down and realize where you should be focusing your time and attention. Yeah. Got it. Added to my Amazon list, wish list. Uh, question number two, who are you learning from? Literally everybody, all the time. Um, I uh, I learned a long time ago that um, you can learn lessons in the strangest of places, and so it's not you know, uh, except on Twitter. I don't learn anything on Twitter. I just you don't learn out. anything on Twitter. <laughs> I learn a lot on Twitter. I I'm offended because I have I believe I've got a great curation of tweets <laughs> that I put out. And now was, I'm a little, a little, offended. I was just giving an answer for the masses. That's not true. I love, I love Twitter. I love Twitter. Um, but literally from everybody. Um, and I, um, I think, uh, you know, even my kids at times, uh, can be great lessons, um, in, um, in life and everything. So I'm always trying to find a lesson somewhere. Awesome. Last one here. What inspires you? Uh, I'm in, I'm inspired by people with positive outlooks. Um, you know, you, I, I consider myself one of them. Uh, I'm, you know, some people, you know, may say Pollyanna type. Um, but the reality is that, you know, how you, how you perceive the world, um, you know, you become how you perceive the world and there's a, there's a lot of negative energy. Um, it's not just, uh, you know, a, a foo-foo thing of, you know, like, so there, there literally is a thing as negative energy. And I find that, um, you know, positive energy and positive people um, lift not only themselves, but everybody else around them. And, and you can achieve more when you're surrounded by the right people. There's a, what's that, you know, you're the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. Um, I think it's you become the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Is that what it is? With. If you be became the sum, you'd sum. be like, like exponentially. That's right. <laughs> Just let's make giant. It, let's make it the sum. It's perfect. I, you know, just. <laughs> I mean, I got, I got the I got the expression wrong, but I think it actually is more powerful that way. Uh, no, I, I I I agree with you. Um, this is something I, I've shared with my wife before. When we go back to my hometown, um, after a few days, I just gotta leave. Yeah. I, for me, like it's just you know, it's it feels heavy there. Feels discouraging. It feels very down, and there's lots of reasons for that. But, um, you know, it's, and maybe that's just reminders. Maybe it's memories coming up. I'm not so sure, but, uh, definitely for me, when I go back to the Philly area, that's what I feel in the Where area. are you from in Philly? Uh, Pottstown, 45 oh, minutes nice. west of Philly. Founded yeah, 1752. I grew up in Philly also. Yeah. John Henry Potts on the Pottsgrove Manor. Nice. Right off the Manitowoc Creek. I grew up, uh, not too far from you. There you go. So Dan, this has been awesome. I uh, really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for sharing about Homebuyer uh, and everything else here. Uh, before we close out, for people who want to get in touch with you or learn more about Homebuyer, where do they go? How do they do that? Um, can I give my email address or is that not okay? You can give whatever you want. I mean, if they got to send a postcard to a PO box, it's up to you. <laughs> it's, uh, my email is dan at ham, at, uh, dan at, look at this. I should even know my email address. My email address is dan at homebuyer.ai. Um, I love connecting on LinkedIn. And so um, that's a great place to find me. And our website is homebuyer.ai as well. And uh, this, this has been great. I, Good. I appreciate, I appreciate the questions. And it's, um, I, I, I understand 
your point of view and to go on a podcast and to to talk with with a host who um, genuinely cares about people. Uh, and when you're in the people business, it, you know it's a it's a big deal and it comes through. Um, you run a you run a great show. I appreciate that. Now, I will accept that as a review in the iTunes store. So I'll now be looking for that. Uh, <laughs> five star rating, please. Smash that like button. Anyway, um, Dan, I, uh, yeah, really appreciate this. Uh, uh, of course, we'll we'll be in touch. Uh, you know, keep me posted as you guys progress and, and keep moving forward. Uh, until then, we'll see you. Very good. Well, that's it for today. Thanks so much for listening to the TechNest podcast. Hey, don't forget you can get on the email list. You never miss an upcoming episode. That's technest.io. That's T-E-C-H-N-E-S-T dot I-O. Get on the email list. Uh, go to the app store, whether you found us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you found us. Leave us a five-star review and share it with your friends. And if you've got a guest or someone that you'd like to recommend, or if you think that you'd be a great guest on the show, hey, send me an email, nate at realteampanda.com. That's nate at realteampanda.com. See you guys later.